A good day to all of you out there listening, however you may be listening, wherever you may be listening. Today is December the 9th, 2021, and this is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. My name is Frank. His name is Father Alex. <laughs> What's up, man? Congratulations to you and your family. Dude, thank you, man. It's been a crazy couple couple days, um, an amazing couple days, but it's, uh, it's good to kind of be back, be back home, kind of start a new regimen and... Uh, start fatherhood and uh, a family it's 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 amazing dude I, I don't i can't even like verbalize all the feelings i have <laughs> i want you to hold no punches and i want you to give every detail on what is the birthing process like oh man um well so obviously it's different for everyone everyone's bodies are all different and stuff like that but i, I can kind of share our story with you man um basically so his due date was supposed to be December 17th and you know Sarah's had been feeling out of the pre-labor stuff the last week or so but you know maybe just thought it was like end of pregnancy and just like you know the way the body feels like when it gets that that big when you're carrying a life with you know in you that late so actually on Sunday since Thanksgiving was the week before we didn't really get to do like a birthday dinner with my family and all that stuff so on Sunday my brother sister Sarah and I went out to a Brazilian steakhouse called Chamagalcha out here it's one of my, it's like my birthday tradition. I love going to eat until I can barely move. Um, so we went and did that Sunday at about four o'clock, um, came home, ate some ice cream cake. And <laughs> I pretty much posted up on the couch the rest of the night, just laid, watched football. And right around like 10, 15, Sarah calls me and she was, she was upstairs just, you know, she had gone to bed like an hour ago and she calls me. I'm like, Hmm. Answer. And she goes, Oh my God, my water just broke. I'm just like, what? And like, I didn't put it together right away, but like literally when that happens, like the baby comes with the 24 hours, like there's no, it, it, it needs to, because at that point, He's here. It, yeah. And at that point, like bacteria can get in there like that, that water, that sack is what protects it from all the bad things basically while it's inside mm, a mom. Gotcha. So it's like, whoa, like this is happening. So we had our, already had packed our hospital bags and, and we, we were all ready. And then it's like, well, we got to wait. And so you, 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 the idea is that you wait at home until the contractions, which is basically like the uterus that pushes the baby from in the stomach down through like the birth canal. You mm -hmm. wait until those, that muscle contraction happens um, every like, like four minutes apart, lasting a minute for an hour. And, okay. and she got to like five minutes and she wasn't really like in a ton of like, so we, we cut it to the hospital, but she wasn't really in a ton of pain. Which is like weird, like all, all the stuff you read and see about all this stuff, like it sounds like it's like a painful, like that trip to the hospital is, like, you know, breathe, yeah, honey, breathe, yeah. honey, I'm going. And it, dude, it wasn't. We were cruising, just hanging out, talking, laughing, like excited. And it, it was it was kind of cool. So we get to the hospital, check in, and, and they're like, they, they do like a check to see like how dilated you are, uh, because like for a human to be born, they you need to have like. 10 uh, centimeters of dilation for like the head basically to fit through for the mom's health. And like, that's about the rough size of like a baby's head. Mm -hmm. So, uh, she, she was at four when we got there and usually would expect it to be a little bit more, but you know, not, not the worst It can ramp up quickly. So we, you know, we were there and, and you're, you're just sitting in a hospital room, just kind of waiting and, and these contractions come and go and they start to get, you know, stronger and stronger. And, and the, like Sarah was talking less and less to me, that, that <laughs> attitude, that happiness kind of like, you know, it starts to go away. Not like she was mean. Did she take the drugs? Uh, well, so yeah. So going into it, the idea was that she was going to do a natural birth, no drugs. 
and the baby was flipped, so it was pushing on her spine, which made it excruciatingly more painful than normal. We tried to do that. We tried to ride with that and get through that pain for a couple hours and, and last through those contractions, and it, it just got to the point, man, where she she couldn't do it. And, um, mm. you know, I mean, there's no shame in taking an epidural. That's the most, you know, normal way that everyone gets is born in America is with, you know, an epidural vaginal birth. So uh, at, at a point, she said, okay, fuck this, basically. And it was funny. You know, Sarah, she's not one to swear and do all that. And it got to a point where she was literally like, fuck this. I'm in so much fucking pain. Give me the drugs. <laughs> like, I can I can second that. She's a very subdued person. Yeah, right. And, and honestly, that, that was the hardest part in the whole thing. Like for me as the dad, just watching third party is, is like going into it. She said she didn't want to do drug, like do the drugs, you know, and, and you know, if I, if I get like that, you know, push me, try to get me 30 more minutes, see if we can get through it. And then you're there and she's like, you, you see like someone that you, you love more than anything, like in so much pain and, and you you just want to like help her and do whatever you can. So it's like trying to manage those two versions of mm. her, uh, to do like the right thing for her. Uh, luckily we had a really awesome doula and me and her kind of talked it through and with Sarah, like with, with the feedback she was giving us and, and she ended up getting the drugs. Um, she got an epidural and literally we left the room. She got the epidural walk in 20 minutes later and it's like a, fl a switch flip, man. She's happy. She's good to go. <laughs> and then they can give you a drug called Pitocin, which in makes the contractions even stronger and, and mm -hmm. gets you to 10 centimeters like pretty quickly for most people. And that's pretty much what happened, man. She got the epidural and within three hours, man, uh, my son was here, Walter Paul Kenzie. Wow. Um, he's a little, he was a little, you know, he's like 11 days early. So he was a little on the small side, he's six pounds, 11 ounces. Uh, 20 inches in length, which is pretty normal, but, um, dude, he's, he's beautiful. And, and Sarah did such a great job, man. I, I, women, it, I've always had a, a respect for women, but it like has multiplied by so many times after like seeing what their bodies can do and what they're capable of and how strong they are. Like, it's just until you're there and watching it, man, it's, it's like the most unreal experience, but in no way, like, was it gross? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I always thought like, yeah. you hear about smells and watching the body. And it's like, dude, it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, like happen, man. Doesn't it make you feel like such a bitch? It does, dude. And I'm wondering, I'm like, could I do that? I don't know. I would like, I've never been through that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I can just imagine, like, I, you know, you can go to the gym and throw up however many weights you want, but, like, there's no strength like a woman giving birth. Yeah. I mean, just, I remember learning about it in, in uh, anatomy class in high school, mm -hmm. and we were talking about reflexes. And they're like, you know, you could sm smack your knee and you get a reflex. And there's a reflex that only women have, and it only happens when they give birth, and their hips literally expand outward. Yeah. It only happens when they give birth. I remember saying, holy shit, that's the craziest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Like we've, we've like evolved to make that happen. Yeah. So what was it, what was it like when, when the baby was finally there? Well, you were in the room, right? Like you course, saw, did, dude, you, yeah. did you see it all there? Were you like front row yeah. and everything? Oh yeah. Yeah. You stomached it? Like it didn't like freak you out or nothing? Dude, it, like I said, the only thing that was, that was made me queasy or, or just feel that was gross or bad to me was like the pain she was feeling before the epidural. Yeah, for sure. The the process of her giving birth and watching like her, I, I don't want to get too many details. I don't want her to hit, hit, like be mad at me, but like open, you know what I'm saying? And like something yeah. come from her, like it, it's insane, dude. Like, and it's, it's beautiful. And, and like, as she's pushing, she only, she pushed for like a little over an hour, which is pretty good actually, like the quickness wise. Jesus. And it, it's, kind of like you're taking a shit. It's kind of how she described it. Like you feel like a, a pressure in there and you're pushing it mm -hmm. out. And it's, it was so cool dude. because like, as, as it went through the hour and we progressed, like 
just pushing, pushing, pushing. You don't, you don't really see much, but like they're all, you know, good job. You're doing great. You're doing great. Keeping her going. And maybe like 40 minutes in, 40, 45 minutes in, maybe she's like, uh, okay, I'm going to apply some counter pressure. And, and there's like Sarah's laying. And then there's like a mirror in front of us. I'm up here with her head, holding her hand, you know, talking to her. And there's like a mirror in between her legs, basically, so that you can see what's going on. Oh my god, that's so outrageous! <laughs> that was by request, though. Like, it's not; it doesn't have to be like that. No, I know, and it just—I'm just like I'm picturing this, and I'm just like <laughs> fucking, just unreal. Anyway, go on. Um, and she's like, "I'm gonna apply some counter pressure," which basically means like go into inside of her and like open up, open her up a little bit, and like apply pressure to like help with the push to ease the baby down in the canal. And and she does this, and you look, and you like. I, it's, he's in there, but like you see just this little bit of head, this little head oh and a little God. bit of hair in her. And dude, wow, she like started kicking ass even more at that point. Like it's like that motivation, like, holy shit, he's right there. He's right there. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, it's just then, you know, as it goes through the next 15, 20, 30 minutes, like he's farther and farther at, at a point. And I don't even know if I said this, but basically you're pushing every time you have a contraction. So it's like contraction, push really hard three times, like 10 seconds each. You know, then you rest for a minute or two until the next one comes and then it's back at it. So it's it's not just constant hell like craziness. It's it's like mm-hmm. push, 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 30 seconds, and then let's wait for the next one. And at, by that last contraction, like his head is just sitting like right there, man. Like it, you see him, like she's not having a contraction anymore. She's not pushing, but his head is like damn near out. And then it's just like that one final push. And and Whoa. He, he like the head comes out and the shoulders kind of come out and he spins. And it, it, dude, it's just like the the rush of emotions. Um, I truly hope so many more, like everyone gets to feel that feeling, man. But that the rush of emotions, like when that happened, and like you, you're so happy, like that your kid's here, obviously, that he's alive, safe, healthy. But like the the rush of emotions, like for your partner, like yeah, how, sure. dude, I was so happy for Sarah, so proud of her, and like. Like she, I don't know, I'm getting, fuck man, I'm getting choked up talking about it, but, but just like that, that feeling, I don't think I've ever felt a better feeling in my life. I don't know if I ever will, man. Like just that sense of joy, um, to say it's like the best day ever. I, I don't know who knows, but like, that is the best thing that's ever happened to me for sure. And, and to, to see wow. her kick ass like that and to now have like a, a baby us like it's so weird to have a you man like that's half me mm-hmm. half her like you always hear people talk about like unconditional love and it's like i maybe you think you know about it and you feel you love you know i love my mom i love my dad i love, I love so many people and things like in my life man but like what i feel like for that little guy like is i know i know what unconditional love is now and it's it's just mm. it's just i don't know and somehow i love sarah more now too i didn't know if that was possible but um it, i i don't know I'm, I'm rambling now i feel like man but it's just it was amazing. Truly amazing. That's dope, man. Did you cry? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not nice. I'm not emotional, man. Uh as I've made fun of Rager many times for crying at many different movies. Uh and you for Ladder 49. Forever. <laughs> but I, I did. It wasn't like sobbing uncontrollably, man, but it's just like these tears of joy and just all the like I said, all those emotions, the the happiness that he's here, healthy, all this stuff and proudness of, of Sarah and, and what she did. It, it's just, it's, it's overwhelming, dude. It, it's not like yeah. I was sobbing, but it's just, I'm standing there and there's pictures of, like that the doula took of us and stuff, but I'm just like standing there like in awe and just smiling and just like tears just kept coming. You know, it's not like I'm like, <laughs> not yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. but it's just, I couldn't stop it, man. For like right. 15 minutes. It's just, it's just overwhelming. 
but was she was she how was she she's post birth she's was great she good um yeah yeah she's good she's she's really not in too much pain she's starting to have a little bit of back pain um and then like when she breastfeeds um which is another crazy thing with the body like the uterus still is contracting back to its like original size oh shit it's like reverse contractions yeah and and what the nurse told us which is crazy but that's because the body like back before modern science and everything the body you know, there's nothing to like cl do blood clotting or anything like that. There was no medicines, obviously. So like when the uterus contracts, it stops the bleeding for like internal bleeding that happens for a few weeks afterwards, because mm -hmm. basically gotcha. like that, the birth sac and placenta that's in you, like that's into your muscles. That's into the muscle, the lining of your uterus. So like when you have a baby that leaves, so like you're ripping from mm. that. So you bleed for a few uh, weeks or whatnot. So those contractions is just the natural way of the body saying, you know, stop the bleeding, tighten up and stay alive, basically. So get your shit together. Yeah. So evolution's fucking crazy. That's insane that, 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 that a body can do all these things, but that's really it, man. Like she's good. She's walking around. She's, you know, soon after the birth, she was talking and, and happy in herself. And she, she's, what she says is when we went into it, I wanted to take no drugs and do it as natural as possible. And, a few hours in, I was like, give me every fucking drug you have. <laughs> and she goes, I don't know why anyone would give birth without an epidural now. <laughs> um, but then, and not like she's like shitting on the natural birth because it really is awesome and amazing. But like there, there was no negative thing really with the epidural at all. Baby came out super active. Eyes were open right away and moving around. And yeah, all, all is good, man. All is life is perfect right now. Well, I feel like anything else that we have to say today is inconsequential <laughs> to the max. So have a good one. We'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I feel like every time I see a, a baby, I, I have the same thought. And it's such a stupid thought, but I had the same thought. It's like, oh, it looks like equal parts, you and, and Sarah. Yeah. You immediately. Yeah, it, immediately. It's got your dumb face and, <laughs> and lips. Unfortunately, and I, you know, but that was, you know, it's your boy. You can't help that. But it looks like Sarah too, you it know, does. like it definitely has her features. Yeah. It does. It's funny that like when you send all the pictures to everybody, like the different things people say, like my mom and, and so many other people were like, it looks like Sarah, it looks like Sarah. And my mom was there that night too. And she, and she mm -hmm. said the same thing. And then like uh, other people, it looks like you, it looks like you. So it's like it's funny how people see different things like that, make them think that. But I, I do, I see my, I see both of us like pretty equal parts. I think I, hopefully he gets her brains though. Jesus, I'm praying. Yeah, God help him. That's a 50-50 chance right there. Does that make you does that make you that put any pressure on you that you put that in the world and he possibly might have your smarts? <laughs> hopefully Jeez. he has my athletic prowess. But she's athletic yeah, as hell too. So go. hopefully he'll be all right. Hopefully yeah. you know, we raise an athlete and retire early or something. I kid, obviously. You're very uh, averagely smart. <laughs> Thank, <so>. you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Damn, that's cool, man. I'm I'm so dang happy for you. I, I so many of my friends have been having kids lately. It's just so cool to see this process. But but I've never had the opportunity to to ask anybody about it like like the way you just described. And it's just uh, man, it's just awesome. It's just awesome, dude. And actually, the coolest thing is like so. And I never knew this before, but like once you give birth, there's like a, after like 30 minutes or so, like you actually she, the woman gives birth to the sack that the baby was like living in and like the, the placenta and the placenta is in that sack. So you have like the, what was in like the, 
I think it's like the embryonic sac, I think is what it's called. And then the placenta is mm-hmm. within that, which is what gives the baby mm-hmm. all its nutrients through the umbilical cord and everything. And like you give like birth to that. So like have the baby, you're all happy, you do your skin to skin, but then like there's still a little bit more work to do, which I never knew. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's so cool. That like sense. the doctor was showing it and like opens the sac for me and stretching. She's like, this is where your baby's been the last nine months. Here's the placenta. You know, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? And the yeah. placenta is the only organ that the human body makes ever. That it's the only organ that it makes, and it makes one for each baby, which is wild. I know, man. That shit just, uh, I feel like you could think about it for months and years and still never grasp the magic that is making a baby. Right. Yeah. All, it's so fucking much. insane, dude. It's so crazy. The intricacies, the small, tiniest details that go into it, and there are so many moving parts, and it all has to work together. And yeah. You know, I heard this the other day. And, and, it, and it, it, it always, stri- I've heard it before, but it always strikes me when I hear it. Like, every single one of our ancestors going back to the beginning of time had to reproduce successfully in order for us to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's had to happen millions of times over right. Right. for us to get here, you know, but, but, but it is no less magical every time it happens. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what real. I'm saying? Like, it's just so, it's just so crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's an insane thing, man. Um, I'm happy for you guys. I hear a lot of times when, when women give birth that like, regardless of their plans of a future child, as soon as they see their kid, they're like, yeah, I want another one. <sighs> did you guys, did you guys have that, that moment? We, yeah. I mean, we've always kind of wanted to have two and it was kind of like, let's see how this goes. Cause if it's hell, you know, no way. Right. She's definitely, yeah, she's about it for sure. We're yeah, going to give yeah. it some time. You know, like I, this, this dude's a handful, yeah, a couple of weeks. This dude's a handful, bro. Like he, uh, it, it, not a handful, like he's amazing and he sleeps really well and stuff, but like, there's a lot that goes into it. Changing diapers, waking up to feed him. Uh, he got circ, yeah. So I have to like change his gauze on his penis, like every couple hours and all this other stuff. So it's like, wait, what are you doing to his wiener? So he got circumcised. So like he, oh, yeah. So it's oh, gotcha, got gotcha. a hog on him. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> it's my boy. <laughs> but like, so he has like Vaseline and gauze that you have to change every couple hours oh, for infection. Gotcha. And gotcha. all that stuff. So, um, but like, man, I, I think we would give it a couple years if if we could if it goes according to plan. Like shit happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's going to be enough by himself, or we, we don't want like another one of those plus him. Like it'd be it'd be a sure. lot. But I would I would love to go through that whole process again. Like the birth process was so fun, and doing it with her, like it, it brought us together. And yeah, like I, I would love to grow this family. Got to get get a, probably get a bigger house. That would probably be the first step there. But how are the poops? Pretty good. So when they're first born, it's called meconium, and it's not like poop. It's like black tar. Uh, that comes out of them for a few days. <laughs> That's yeah. awful. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's hard to like wipe away and shit. It doesn't just go away like poop. He's starting to get like through the end of that and transfer to like normal poop. Nothing huge yet with the normal poop. He was putting out a lot of the meconium at first, but I mean, he's my boy, so he'll, I know he'll produce. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Big numbers. We're expecting big numbers. Are you, yeah. are you like, are you like hyper aware now that you're responsible for another life? Did it like change anything in your head? Yes, dude. You should have seen me driving home from like the hospital yesterday. <laughs> <I'm> going, <laughs> 10 and 2, fucking just <laughs> 25 miles an hour to yeah. 40. Just fucking <laughs> on edge. But dude, I don't know if it's fully sunk in. It, like the fact that my life is forever changed is slowly mm-hmm. but surely like sinking in. Like, I mean, you know me. I'm like, a, I've been addicted to Call of Duty for like the last year and a half. And it's like, that's going to be a very to the back thing now, obviously. Like I'm, I'm got to be there, help Sarah, especially now, like help Sarah, help baby. But like, it's funny, like last night I got, he, he went to bed, Sarah fell asleep and it's like, Ooh, 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 
Ooh, I can, you know, run away. I got a couple, I got an hour or whatever. And I'm texting yeah, the boys, exactly. texting you guys like, Hey, he's asleep. Let's go. I'm sure there's going to be so many of those texts, but it, it probably, no, it hasn't, the gravity of it hasn't fully set in yet. And, and we, you know, we're getting so much like help from like friends and family with, with meals and, and just like being here to help us with stuff. So it's like once that kind of fades and it's like me, Sarah, baby, um, mm-hmm. I think the full extent of that will hit, but I can already, yeah, life's forever changed for sure. <laughs> um, here's a weird question, but I've also heard of this when people give birth to their first kid. Do you, do you look at Dave any differently? Um, I've heard people say that like, they didn't know how much, how little they loved their dog until they actually had a kid, man. And they thought they loved their dog and now they have a kid and they're like, yeah, I, n- I didn't love that dog at all. <sighs> like I, I have a kid. And that's kind of what I was saying with that unconditional love thing, man. It's like, there's, I, yeah, I love the fuck out of this dude, but like, yeah, it doesn't even, it, I don't want to say it doesn't compare because I love Dave, but like it doesn't. But like you would murder Dave if it meant that the kid lived. Yeah. And like if Dave ever snapped at the kid or anything like that, like that motherfucker's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, no, like for sure. And like, don't get me wrong. Dave is the sweetest, no, the yeah, sweetest yeah. guy that ever lived. He's, he's the best dog ever. And, but, but it's always funny when I hear that, I've heard a couple people say that recently, actually, mm-hmm. that like they had this like insane love for their dog and then they had a kid and they were like, oof. Like it does, like, it's not even this, it's not even in the same universe of feeling. Yeah. And I, I've even talked to people before where they're like, you know, like on Father's Day, Mother's Day, like, you know, celebrating it with the dog and they're just like, yeah, it's, not, for it's sure. not the same. It's not that. I'm always like, you know what, fuck you. Like, he's my son. Like, that's my boy. But like now it's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> for sure, man. Well, that's cool. I'm, um. I'm very stoked. I'm very salty that like I was 10 days away from meeting the guy. I know, dude, you were just here. You were just here. <sighs> I know. You know what it was, though? I think it was that he was so shocked that the Detroit Lions won a fucking football game. That's right. That he was like, oh, and the Wolverines won a Big Ten championship in the same weekend that he was like, okay. Yeah. It's time to get into this world. <laughs> it's too much, too much good stuff going on. Bring in the cooler. <laughs> yeah, right. Michigan's going to lose to Georgia now. <sighs> I, dude, I just didn't want to get Bama. I think we have a chance against Georgia. I did not want Bama. I I'd rather play Bama uh, in, in the championship if, yeah. if if that's what it came down to. Right, for sure. Right, because you don't for want sure. to give Nick Saban a month to prepare for any team. He's going to beat him. No, not at all. And if you lose to Bama in the championship, well, join the club. Right, you know? <laughs> right. But if you if you didn't even get there, then that's one thing. So, but I mean, Bama just showed us how to beat Georgia, though, man. And, and we're a better run team than Bama. We're not. I don't know if we're a better pass team, but we're a better run team than Bama, and we're a better defense than Bama. Uh, but George. Speaking defense. of run teams, did you see the stat line for Mac Jones in the Thursday night game against Buffalo? He had like two passes, three passes. He had three passes. He was two for three. <laughs> he threw one pass f- for the entire three quarters into like the seventh minute of the fourth. Wow. Threw one pass. Isn't that wild? But they won though, right? They did. Bill Belichick. They man. ran the ball down their throats. Bill Belichick. I know, man. What a what a madman, absolute mad lad, Mr. Belichick. Dude, it's it's the NFL season's weird this year, though, man. Like I don't see it's the weirdest a best team. Like I don't see a team where I'm like, that's the team I think will be in the Super Bowl. I, I was just talking to Mike about this. So the Broncos beat the shit out of the Chargers two weeks ago, and then the Chargers go into Cincinnati and beat a Cincinnati team, yeah. beat the shit out of a Cincinnati team, that beat the shit out of a Steelers team, and the Steelers team, who just got their ass kicked by the, by the Bengals, just went into Baltimore and beat Baltimore. Yep. It makes no fucking sense at all, dude. None of this season makes sense. I have no idea what to think. Yeah, and the Lions tied the Steelers like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, but possibly number one seed Baltimore Ravens just lost to the... You know, it mm-hmm. just it makes no, none... And, and it changes week by week. And, and I, I feel like the parody has always been there in the NFL, right? Any given Sunday. But this year, 
it's way different. Yeah, I think a healthy Arizona team, p- perhaps the most dangerous because you have so many weapons there, but they haven't really been healthy altogether the whole year. But I mean, dude, you got Ertz, Kyler Murray, what the fuck's the receiver? DeAndre Hopkins. Like, they have a lot of weapons, man. I I, I don't know, but yeah. I saw like the most likely Super Bowl matchup after that Thursday or after that Monday night game is the Patriots and the Buccaneers. Ooh, which which that I means shit, man. The NFL sports writers are having a wet dream if that happens. I remember reading an article about that game before the season started. It's it's his because it's in it's in Foxborough, right? What do you mean? Oh wait, never mind. No, that already happened. Buccaneers won that game, but they're saying, I think it's like a 13% chance, like of all the teams that could meet. Oh, you mean like Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl, they have, they're the highest percentage chance of two teams to meet each other. Let's go. (laughs) So down. Yeah. I'm so down. I got Belichick in a landslide. Man, bro, that'd be, yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you (sighs) kidding me? No way, man. That guy, that guy's a hundred percent pride. He is. I mean, Brady got the regular season matchup though. Bucks won that game, but this is a whole different thing. I just I just saw that that series that you guys were watching when I when I walked in and surprised you in, on Thanksgiving Day that uh, true story. Ah, we just Did you ever finish that? We just started it back up today. We got weeks ahead of us at home watching TV, so we got lots of shows. Oh, uh, nice. We watched the whole thing, and I the whole time I felt like I killed somebody. Really? The whole time I felt like a murderer. So I was wondering, like, so it, it stays pretty intense. It's not like it kind of kind of started oh, yeah. funny a little bit, but no, no, okay, no, no, okay. No. It's very serious. I mean, there's some funny parts. Like, there's a couple funny parts mm-hmm. um, that really made me laugh. But for the most part, it's it's a very very serious show. Okay, I, like, yeah, super I'm excited. Tense. We're right at the end of the first one, but dude, at the beginning of that first, it was actually right before you got there when it happened when you surprised me. But when he's on the plane and that white dude comes up, oh, and yeah. he's throwing the n word around, so and the dude's like, "I'm about five seconds from knocking you the fuck out." <laughs> yep, dead. Yep. Bro. That shit's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> He comes back in the show too. That white guy? A little bit of, yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, actually. I'm excited. Um, so you'd say, watch, good show. Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. I would say, if I had to give it a rating, seven and a half. Okay. I like it. It's pretty good. Which for a it's Kevin Hart thing, I, not to shit on Kevin Hart, like, great guy, but like, a lot of his movies and stuff, kind of same formula. This seems <laughs> very different. Yeah, it's different. Um, because it's cool, because it's like him, right? He's playing basically himself, mm-hmm. but in a situation that is, I would imagine, I don't know, it's called true story. So I don't know, maybe, maybe something happened, but, uh, in his real life, I don't know, yeah. but it's, it's shot in Philadelphia. Um, Wesley Snipes is his brother. That's good. Did not, that does That's not good. look like Wesley Snipes at first, bro. When, when I like read the right? credits or whatever, but I'm like, what, what? that was West. what? But yeah, he was good in the first episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. But but I remember you guys were watching that when I walked in. Yeah, and then we started it. But it was is it's solid. Have you watched Succession yet, or what's up? <laughs> no, no, come on. I haven't started, man. I I just I know who I am. You know, <laughs> I, I start that, and it's just going to be a downhill slide from there. So I'll probably do it over the holidays when I have some time off, or I can okay. binge. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, ah, should I go work out or should I watch another episode? Right. Because I'll choose the episode. Right. I will <laughs> every time. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm 30 years old. I can't fool myself anymore. <laughs> That's another That's thing, what bro. I do. I'm home now. Like I got my workout regimen is going to be all kinds of fucked, and I'm going to be watching hella TV. So I'll take mm-hmm. all the suggestions you have. Um, yeah, I'll have to throw some out yeah, there. I don't know. Think about I don't, it. I don't watch much. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up on any. Uh, it's a lot of shit going on in the world, actually. Like I said, it probably seems absolutely inconsequential to you. Fill me in, though, because I, I, that's kind of what I was going to say earlier is like, I. 
have been focused on one thing the whole last four or five days. So I have not known what's going on. <laughs> oh man. I mean, where do you start? We've, uh, we've diplomatically boycotted the Olympics. Okay. Why do you say it like which, that? Well, just all that means is that we won't send any delegates. Oh, like you you'd usually send like the president or the vice president or somebody, somebody to represent the United States is not an athlete. We we're not sending anybody. So we're not saying like athletes don't go, oh. don't go and they'll compete and all that. I did not. But, oh, um, I read. Okay. And, and I think the only other country, it may be more, but the only other country that I heard of was New Zealand that is also diplomatically boycotting the Olympics in Beijing over human rights abuses. Um, China has responded by saying that the U S will pay. What does that really mean though? Like diplomatically boycotting, like you're not, it's just, it's just, it's just a measure of protest. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just saying we don't recognize you as, uh, somebody that should be holding the Olympics Mm. For okay, so so here, so uh, there's like a, a, a Great Britain based tribunal or panel or something, and they they found that China's treatment of of uh, Muslim Uyghurs amounts to genocide, mm-hmm. right? So they so this sanctioned tribunal came out and said, we think that what's going on with these Uyghurs in China is tantamount to genocide, and so the United States said, well, we are going to diplomatically boycott these Olympics that are being held in Beijing by not sending any of our uh, diplomatic representatives, whoever that might be. I, I forget who we sent last time right. there was an Olympics. But we're I still going to we send our athletes to go and win the Olympic medal count. Like, what? Yeah, but it's it's also, you know, I mean, I think they're just kind of putting it on the athlete, right? Like, which they should, honestly, which they should, because uh, last time there was in the, the Olympics, where were the Olympic, Olympics last, last year? Where the fuck were they? Mm. Or this year? It was this year, right? I believe it was in Tokyo. There was a bunch of there was a bunch of U.S. athletes that were protesting um, about mm. what was going on in the United States. You know, putting their fist up, hand whatever. You know, like just just making. You know, so I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But when you have a tribunal from a different country saying that the country that's holding the Olympics is committing genocide against a particular group of people, it's like, well, that that's a to me, I think, a bit bigger of a deal, right? So I think what the U.S. is saying is like, look, we're not going to deny you the opportunity to compete in these Olympics. You've worked hard. And if you want to compete, that's on you. You have the ability to do that. But just understand that we're not going to send any diplomats there. So as a country, politically, our leadership is not going to be present. So you're going to be competing under the American flag, kind of on your own. And it's up to you whether or not you want to do that. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what they're saying. But it it makes sense, right? Like, why would you, because why would you punish all these athletes right. from competing under the, under the U S flag. Yeah. You know, I, that, that to me seems unfair, but also this diplomatic, I mean, to me, that's just kind of on whatever, who cares? The games will still go on. I, I think it's going to be interesting, like the coverage of the games and how much it's brought up. And, you know, I mean, the cat's out of the bag, dude, like the U S is not an innocent country by any means we do and have done some dirt um, but I think you'd be hard pressed to find anywhere in the United States where we round up one group of people and put them in a, in, in a camp for their, for their reconditioning into society. Kind of to spin off of that. I, someone sent me a video about in Australia, people are living in camps also. Dude. Yes. So I'll stop short of calling them concentration camps, but they're like not far off, dude. Um, basically. So like, I, I'm not there. 
and there's not a ton of media coverage, but it's 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 very obvious what they've done. I mean, you could you could look it up and see. I read a story about a, a woman, like a twenty-something-year-old woman, who was taken from her home because the authorities had suspected her of being infected with COVID. Although she tested negative three times, they sent her to this camp. They brought her to a room. They Jeez. left her. They didn't say anything to her. They wow. fed her once a day, and that's it. They they have people in hazmat suits. There was. The, the, the bigger story that I found was uh, um, these three people who were in a quarantine camp in Australia had tested negative and they escaped. And there was a manhunt for these people who were tested negative for COVID. So it's like, yeah, all right. It, are, you, are you right to be strict on COVID? I suppose you are. But 99% of the people who get COVID survive COVID, right? That's one. Two, maybe these aren't concentration camps, but they're mm-hmm. fucking close, dude. They're close. And it's not about, I mean, we've talked about it, the boiled frog uh, metaphor. You don't, you don't put a, if you don't, <laughs> I don't know why you're boiling frogs, but if you wanted to boil a frog, you don't put a frog in boiling water. It'll hop right out. What you do is you put it in, in room temperature water and then you slowly boil it so that the frog barely notices the difference. So you take one step forward People get really pissed about it, but they comply. And then you take another step forward. People get really pissed about it, but they comply because there's rationality for it. Because it's not all happening at once. History has has this scenario played out thousands of times over. I don't know why we're still continuing to not be outraged at this kind of stuff. Now, we don't live in Australia. Thank God we don't live in Australia. But it, it's, it's you know, you, you could, I guess you could draw comparisons to, to what we're doing here with mandates. We're, we're forcing children to get uh, uh, vaccine mandates. We're now uh, pushing boosters. Remember mm-hmm. when it was two weeks to slow the spread? I mean, it's like, dude, it's just little inch by inch by inch by inch by inch. And they just, you know, and you're just like, well, it's just this. And you can rationalize it in your head because it is just that in th- in the bubble that you're, you're thinking of, right? Ah, well, yeah, it sucks to wear a mask at the gym, but you know, it's just a mask at the gym. Right. That is how this stuff gets to a place where we don't want it to go. And then by the time it gets to that place, right, by the time it gets to quarantine camps in Australia, if you're an Australian citizen and you're pissed off about it, then you could probably draw uh, uh, conclusions back to like, you know, two years ago or even more when when implementations of, of regulations were put in place that were crazy strict and people went along with them. The fact that people are actually enforcing this stuff and that police officers are arresting people who don't have masks uh, or who can't provide uh, uh, proof of uh, vaccination. I mean, dude, it is insane. It's insane. The one video in Australia, Mr. Rager sent it to both of us, actually, I think. But like this lady is in one of those camps. She's talking to police and they're basically like, you cross this line, which is her front porch. You take a step off that porch. And she's like, so what you're saying, so she's verified, like it's not lost in the jumble, but she, if she took a step off the yeah. report, she'd be fined $5,000. What? <laughs> that sounds like a concentrated camp to me, man. Right. Yeah, for sure. So it like, and so, so you're saying that's not right. And, and then the justification is, mm-hmm. well, we're doing it for your safety. Well, here's the thing. First of all, nobody asked you to do this. I don't know what the, I don't know what Australia's country is like. I do not know how they run it. It is obviously a different country, but here in America, we didn't ask for this, you know, yeah. like we, 
we didn't ask for the virus and we certainly didn't ask for the response to the virus. And we should be able to, to go about our lives the way that we want, given what we know. Nobody is really endangering anybody to that effect. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know why we're so caught up on somebody else protecting us. We've said it since the beginning. It's the fears of some controlling the free will, basically, of everyone. Yeah, and I think I think what that boils down to really is just your ability to think independently and critically. Yep. Independent thought. That's what it is. Like, could you draw your own conclusion about something if you needed to? And if you can't, then that's a problem because then you're, what you're relying on is somebody else. And if that somebody yeah. else is the government, then we're all fucked, right? Because for them, I've said it a million times, if I've said it once, they do not care about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. I read something today about the, I'm going to lose it. I probably shouldn't even say it, but it has something to do with, with Pfizer's, uh, oh, it was, it was Pfizer, um, and their, their sponsorship of our major media networks, your ABCs, your CBCs, your NBCs, right? So, so, so they sponsor those companies and they have advertisements on all of their programs and these agencies Mm-hmm. are telling us that we need to get a booster. Why? Why? Why do we need to get a booster? And and if we really do, if we really do, we should probably be hearing about it from somebody else who, who's not paid, who's who's not in the pocket of Pfizer. And, and it may not even be that much, but it doesn't matter because that separation, that integrity is lost. It's, it's, I mean, so, so who do you trust anymore? It's not about, I saw something today where it was like, like anti-science is killing like millions of people or whatever. And it's not anti-science. It's not about people believing in science or not believing in science. It's people not believing the people who are delivering the information. That's all it is. If you're upset that people aren't vaccinated or unwilling to get a booster or unwilling to do the things that you think are are necessary for overall safety, you shouldn't be asking what they believe and what they don't believe. You should be asking, why don't they trust the information that's coming out? Why is it that they don't trust it? And if you're saying, well, because they are in a, you know, whatever, some echo chamber, right wing echo chamber, and they're getting lied to this, that, and the other, it's like, all right, well, you can think that, but to your, to your own peril, because if you really don't look into why people aren't, aren't trusting the information that's coming out, it's only a matter of time before that affects you. And it, I mean, it affects all of us, but, but certainly it, it, it's going to come for you because if they're willing to lie to these people and these people are willing to not trust this information, then they're willing to lie to anybody. And you're not special. I can see some of the response from the people that are like very against the vaccine and all this stuff, like living in an echo chamber, you get all your news from the city, like blah, blah, blah. But like, it kind of is like that on the same, like if you look at the other side, like you're in your own echo chamber of Anthony Fauci, like the good of all. And we got to do this. This is not a individual liberty. This is a community decision. Like that's the same kind of echo chamber that you're seeing on the other side. It's just a different opinion to me. Right. That's all it is. So that's actually, now that you said that jog my memory, it was a, it, what I was reading about was a measure, somebody who was pushing to make criticism of Anthony Fauci, like a, mm. like a crime, ah. right? Because yeah. it's anti-science. It's against science. Then even he himself has said, if you criticize science, if Anthony Fauci, you criticize science because I represent science. It's literally words that he said. What a prick. But, you know, we've talked about this before, like, like even the word science, like science and scientific thinking, like nobody really thinks 
scientifically outside of a laboratory. And even in a laboratory, it's really hard to be that stringent. Scientific thinking means that you assume what you're saying is wrong. The basis of scientific thinking means that like, I have an idea and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to prove that wrong. And if I can't prove that wrong, then that, that strengthens my idea as truth. And it's only until something comes along that proves that idea false, that it starts to, you know, diminish the truth that within that idea, but nobody thinks scientifically. What do we all do? We all try and, and, and prop up our argument so that it, it is the most convincing or people can buy it the best or think that it's the best, right? Like, so when you come out there and you say that, you know, masks help, right? Or that the vaccine is safe and effective and we're going to shut down any other talk otherwise. That's not science. That's not scientific thinking at all. That's basically saying what you think is, is, is correct, what everyone else thinks is wrong, and we're going to depress any other thought for the sake of quote unquote science. Well, that's not science at all. That's literally anti-science. If you, if you were so sure in your opinion, then you would come out there and you would absolutely welcome debate. You would welcome arguments. You would welcome people who say, hey, listen, I hear what you're saying, but check this out. And you would say, yeah, let's take all that into account. That is science. And that's not what we're doing. So think about it. Next time somebody brings something up, think about why they're like upset. Think about why the, the things that we're seeing in Australia right now and all of the dozens of protests going on in the world. That isn't something that people talk about because it's, again, it goes against what we're, what we're trying to be told, but there are uh, uh, lockdown and, and COVID restriction protests going on all over the world that are getting really, really tense. And I think that as much as we talk about the shit that goes on in the United States, and it's not cool, like especially in California and, and Illinois, places much more liberal than other places, what's going on is not cool, but is not what's going on in, in a lot of places in the country, as we can see in Australia. Um, so in, in that respect, maybe we should have a, a, just a little bit more uh, uh, gratitude that we still are resembling some sort of freedom as a nation. But, you know, think about why all these people are upset. It's because they're getting fucked with left and right, and they're tired of it. And they don't have anybody who who can, who can amplify their voice or their ideas because all they're being told is one, you're wrong two We're going to depress or completely take away what you're saying so that it, it can't be spoken within the public sphere in which we do it now. Um, and we're going to go one very rigid route. Well, all I have to say is fuck you. Fuck Anthony Fauci. And fuck science. If that's what science is, then fuck it. I don't. I want nothing to do with it because you're going to cherry pick these things. You're going to take out what you think is right. And obviously, the only ones who truly, truly benefit from this are not you and I, right? Because we were safe with or without the vaccine. The people who are going to benefit are the Pfizer's and the BioNTech's and the Moderna's and all these pharmaceutical companies that everybody had a big, big problem with up until COVID. Yeah. And with the way you're describing science, it kind of sounds like how China does its like history. Like you're going to pick and choose like this is, this is, oh, yeah. this is the yeah, narrative. Exactly. This is our history. And it's like, not, it's not <laughs> like you're not teaching people the full scope of what's going on or, or, and like you're saying, they're not considering all of the data. They're, they're taking in the data that fits the information that they're either trying to get out there or push a vaccine they're trying to get out there, et cetera. Like it's not cool. Not cool at all, man. Not cool at all. Um, I just got a ping on my phone. Actually, the very first Starbucks has unionized in Buffalo, New York. As uh, you don't right say. Now. Yes. Wait, you said Starbucks? Starbucks. It's the first one ever that has unionized in the U.S. Oh, oh, oh okay. I thought you meant the first Starbucks ever no, has oh, no. unionized, but the first Starbucks union has been established. Been 
yes, established out of their okay. 8,953 stores. I wonder how that happened. Yeah, it says one store near Buffalo, New York, voted to unionize, um, and three, actually three Buffalo area stores held union elections, um, but they're still being counted. But it sounds like Buffalo Starbucks making moves. Um, good luck, I guess, I, with all I would say there. I, good and bad things with the union, man. I, I don't know. I, I was at Guitar Center, and we unionized. I was kind of thrown into the head of that, and there was definitely good things, but there's... Kind of once you get that contract, kind of stop hearing from them as much. Uh, once once that mm-hmm. that increment comes out of your check, so I, I mean they got better healthcare. They did some good stuff, but hopefully sometimes it feels like it's more like the union versus corp- the corporation more so than we right. want to help this these people. But I, I I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It, it's interesting that um, just this one is is unionized, and maybe maybe it's a trend, maybe it's a wave, but. From what I understand, Starbucks offers like ample opportunity for advancement and they treat their employees well. And um, yeah. I dated a girl in high school who worked at Starbucks for many, many years. She loved it. You get stock for working there too. Yeah. See, I mean, look, I, I don't know. What what else did you did they want? I don't know the story, but right. what are you really fighting for? Are you, are you just fighting because you're pissed off that you're not a millionaire or are you fighting because you actually, there's actually things that you should be having that Starbucks is not providing. And the only way to do that is to go through a union. I, I think, I think that it, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure that they took their time and they did their homework. LOL. But I, I, I it, it, it seems to me that uh, involving a third party like that is just kind of asking for trouble. That's why, that's why we have laws in place to to so that you know unions shouldn't be something that is necessary. But who knows? But this uh, and this is kind of funny. But hours before federal officials set the union vote for the Buffalo stores. Starbucks announced it would raise its starting pay to 15 an hour company-wide and boost wages okay. for staff employed longer than two and five years. So like a little boost every time you hit those little thresholds. Plus make changes to its training and scheduling. So it sounds like it probably was revolved around pay, um, longevity with the company and getting rewarded for doing so and mm-hmm. the way they train and schedule people. So who knows? So I, I've been sort of following this, not really, but sort of following this. Uh, Russia's like on the brink of war with Ukraine. Oh, again? Yeah, again. Um, they built up, slowly built up a, a presence of troops along the border of Ukraine. There's a Russian-backed opposition population in that portion of Ukraine. And I guess it's there's a, a little bit of unrest. And it's gotten very tense and... It looks like so the, the Ukraine is is an ally of the United States, um, but they're not a NATO ally. And the reason that's important is because if they were a NATO ally and Russia were to attack, then we have a legal obligation to put troops in Ukraine, right? Mm. We don't have that legal obligation with Ukraine. However, they are an ally and they're strategically important. So um, I guess there was a big four-hour or two-hour-long phone call between Biden and and Putin yesterday. And um, I guess we said that we unilaterally support the Ukraine, but we will not send in troops no matter what. Um Okay. So I guess what they're I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to say if you do this, Russia, if you go in there and you invade Ukraine and take over or whatever, then I, then we're going to like cut you off from Europe financially, right? So we're not going to fight you. 
but we are going to like try and cripple you. So I guess they said there was some good news that came out of it. I don't really know. I mean, look, whenever this stuff happens, it's like what happens behind the scenes and then what is told on the, the world stage. Yeah. Right. Those are two different things because some things might happen here. Some things might be said. And then Ukraine could fall to Russia tomorrow. You know, like it just it has absolutely uh, no no bearing on what happens in reality. But it is a tense situation and it's something worth uh, paying attention to for sure. What was the news with Ukraine last time and they were in the news? It was the that them and another country that's like right there. And it was like Russian. Um, it was when Russia, they annexed Crimea. Um, I actually had a big, long conversation about this with a friend of mine. I don't know if you ever met uh, Russian. <laughs> His name is... Uh, his name is Alex, actually, oh. but his nickname was Russian because he was Russian. Um, so we called him Russian. And uh, I went and saw him. This was years ago. This was like 2015, maybe 2016. And I was talking about it. And and um, I guess, you know, there's a long history, you know, world history, especially that part of the world is so much deeper than, than American. You know, we really only have to go back to like the 1600s at the very least to talk about like American history. And this, this shit goes back, you know, millennia, but apparently Crimea used to be a Russian part of the Soviet union, part of Russia. I don't know. And, uh, it's strategic because it's a, it's, it's, it's on a, it's a port basically, uh, right? It's a, it's a port city. So it was strategic to Russia. So they just said, Shoop, we're going to take that. And they did. Um, and that was 2015, no, 2014. February to March of 2014. Um, so that was the last time that there was any real drama in that part of the world, but seems to have ramped up again. I don't know, man. It was like, uh, it's like when, man, I, I hate using this, this comparison, but like when Hitler was felt like Germany had a claim to the, to the, uh, Sudetenland. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, he had he had conversations with um the british Brit british prime minister and and the british prime minister came back and he said uh yeah that's all he wants he just wants a sudetenland and i don't think he wants a war and things like that i don't know what this particular president's uh plans are in that part of the country but it, it seems like they still have a vested interest in the ukraine which is now a sovereign nation so it's uh it's all very interesting. Sweetness. Uh, we have a sponsor, Frank. Oh, do we? That sponsor is Gun Barrel Coffee. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. I need to go do it right after this, actually. But when it helps American heroes like veterans and first responders, it's that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get whole bean ground or single serve pods been drinking the hoo-ha lately and uh, it's pretty good pretty quite delicious right now you can use the promo code fnh10 to save 10 percent at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com that's promo code fnh10 gunbarrel coffee damn good coffee damn good cause holler hello i guess that's it for us um if you would like to reach out to us uh please do on uh, a myriad of socials uh, we're on Twitter at FriendshipNH. We're on Instagram and TikTok at uh, Friendship News Hour. Same handle, both socials. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.